0: Hello there, and welcome. This is Dr. Tribule with the Glial Goddess Podcast, and today I'm going to be talking about glial cells. I'm going to keep this one short and concise, give you a little bit of history behind why I named this the Glial Goddess Podcast, and just give you some quick facts about glial cells. First, I want to start with a great ancient Chinese philosopher, Quote by Chinese philosopher, Confucius. I hear and I forget, I see and I remember, I do and I understand. I love this quote because until you take action and commit to doing, you really don't understand. You know, this makes me curious about the deeper meaning of learning lessons here. Like, why is that action of doing more of a dominating sense for learning than other senses if we're being literal here like why is doing why do you learn more from that process than just listening or seeing i think that's so interesting perhaps it's god's deepest treasure gifted to us to find and explore perhaps anyway if i can i would like to share a lesson that came to me from doing some of my mo- my own emotional work Recently, it came to my attention how easily it is to come from a place of judgment rather than compassion. The learning lesson for me was it comes from not doing the work. The judgment comes. Some of us are way quicker to judge than others. When I say work, what I relate this to is like actions of anything in life, really emotional, physical, spiritual, all of those areas warrant growth and work the action of doing more purposeful work in those aspects of life. All right, I'll get a little bit more philosophical for an example, just to give this some context. Here's a philosophical example. It's easy to judge a person for having different ideas than you. What is harder is coming from a place of trying to understand and holding space of acceptance for a person having their own ideas. And staying present with that. How do we know we are right with what we believe? This is a question that's really come to me recently. How do we know? You know, a belief is a belief. What's behind that belief? What's a deeper meaning? Hmm. What if the right thing is the acceptance of knowing both beliefs are valid and possible? when I say both that's kind of dualistic all beliefs of the real intent of life assuming we're coming from a place of love passion kindness not harming other or self even that is a gray area all right let's jump into glial cells the glue cells of our brain I love these guys okay let me just take a moment to spend uh T- just let me just let me tell you guys i name this podcast the glial goddess because it sounds kind of superficial and slightly egotistic but like with all life creation there's always a deeper meaning behind the surface haha so to break down this title glial is glue glue cells and goddess is an adored woman so Applying it to the actual title is Adored Beautiful Glue Cells. Okay. It was not applying to me, but it was applying to the actual cells. The reality is why I named the podcast this way is because I believe that the most beautiful things in life are the things that are not yet understood, and that all natural creation warrants respect of understanding, since understanding is the key to discovery. This is true for those glial cells. They were once misunderstood. And some still are. We're still, this is an evolving process, but time is coming and we're understanding them. You know, not only are the histological features of glial cells just so freaking awesome, but so are their functions. They are really cool. They are sophisticated. They are so vital and important. And their abundance I think speaks to the truth of that. Okay. Glial cells can be as much as 66% of the total brain mass of mammalian brains and about 85% of the nervous tissue comprises of glial cells. So they are pretty darn abundant. There are four types. I will go into those in just a moment. What is interesting about these cells is that they used to be considered not very important. Which, you know, the not very important things in life turn out to be some of the most important things. Just depends on time. One other thing I wanted to bring up is if you guys like this sort of thing, like neuroscience, and you're really interested in learning more about glial cells, Dr. Douglas Fields has a book on the other brain. He is a neuroscientist PhD, he's done a lot of research in this field, and it's Some of his work is really fascinating. You should check him out if you're interested. It's one of my favorite um, books, The Other Brain. Okay, there are three main categories or types of glial cells, these glue cells in the central nervous system. But there is a other type. There's a fourth type emerging. They're called the NG2 glia cells. They're like stem cells. They're cool, they're new, and they're kind of an extension of one of them one of the three types. So I'll speak about that in a moment. When I went into naming this podcast, I was thinking specifically of one type of glial cell because of my interests in mental health and certain conditions. But I do not want to discriminate by my liking of one. They're all wonderful cells. And I just want to just put that out there to this world and to the cells. They are all wonderful, and they all have a vital purpose, just like everything in this world, just like every individual in this world. We all have a vital purpose, and together, collectively, we play a role, and without one, we have a a problem, so we're all needed, but I have a favorite type, and those are called microglia. Why? Because these cells are so—they're just so complicated, and they play a lot. They play a role in a lot of different neurodegenerative and neuropsychiatric and neurodevelopmental conditions, and additionally in alcohol abuse and major depression disorder as well. Glial cells are the innate immune cells in the brain. These guys are. Basically, the brooms to the microbes and the injuries to the cells, they clean them up and remove the garbage, you know, the the janitors in a way. Now, when they're out of balance, they can wreak havoc on memory, on key nervous tissue functions, and create a lot of havoc, okay? There are different ways that we're understanding these cells can get out of control. There isn't just one way, there's many different ways and it can start in utero, in the maternal environment, it can start in adulthood, and then it can start with an exposure, like an environmental exposure of a substance Or like a medication or a drug or even an injury such as a traumatic brain injury like a concussion okay so imagine a person like for example that had previous exposure in utero to some let's say toxic microbes or infections and mom had a lot of trauma and then there are some mental health conditions that she also had, and the baby also manifested some of these things, which primed them, their glial cells, to be more hyperactive. And perhaps they were born with autism, which we know autism is one condition, um, which is a spectrum, like RETS is one we know microglial cells are highly involved in. RETS is something that happens to girls and it can cause really severe disability, intellectual disability, but autism. And then, you know, exposures, for example, in adolescent and adulthood to primed glial cells can cause expression of schizophrenia, bipolar, alcohol abuse, major depression, OCD. So these cells can communicate bidirectionally, which is unique. So they can talk to neurons as well as neurons can talk to them. And they can talk to each other. So I think that's pretty cool. But they are the main immune cells of the brain. And when dysregulated, they can create conditions also in neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, where there is Death of major nerve cells that manifest in symptoms of dementia or movement disorders, Parkinson has some movement issues, so very interesting things. Schizophrenia is a psychosis type of uh, condition, so it's involved there in That's really interesting. Same with bipolar. Manic expression can be in the psychotic type of spectrum, as well as it can be in a depressive spectrum. Sleep disorders as well, and eating disorders. These play a role in all of those conditions. So the more we understand these bad boys, the better we can help these conditions as they are really challenging ones. For example, eating disorders is the highest mortality of a mental health condition. And it's one of the most, oh, it's a devastating one to understand. I and mean, bipolar is also really a, a, a very difficult condition. Major depressive disorder increases the risk of dementia, if, especially if it's untreated. And, you know, depression is the number one cause of disability. So these things are really important to understand uh, for our uh, mental health status of this country. So I'm looking forward to learning more. The next type is astrocytes. So these astrocytes are the most abundant glue cells in the central nervous system. They make up the blood-brain barrier, and they regulate some of the fluid shifts in the brain. Blood-brain barrier is known to protect and keep things out from the you know the rest of the body to the brain. The brain is sensitive tissue. We don't want lots of things in. We don't want too much sugar. We don't want too much infections. We don't want infections, but these regulate that. And once those are injured, we got some problems. The next type of cells are oligodendrocytes and these are the myelin producing cells in the central nervous system. They aid in signal transduction of axons. So basically these are the coverings to your iPhone chargers, right? So you plug in that charger, it disperses electricity through it and how it does that is to it maintains it in that space by keeping that barrier of insulation around it. So it does it stays around and and, and connects to your phone. That is similar to a neuron when it's conducting messages and transmitting neurotransmitters, it requires a fatty layer to to make the impulse faster, the message gets there quicker, and to keep the neuron running correctly. Because without it, then the neuron can't communicate its message which then results in death. So they're very important. An extension of oligodendrocytes are NGD, NG2 so glial cells. These are, these are basically highly proliferative stem cell-like like cells. We're trying to further understand them, but they're a new type of cell we're understanding. They're similar to oligodendrocytes. They actually replace them when they die, but they're different histological features in some of their functions. So we're fine for further finding out that they're different. So to summarize, we got microglia, we got astrocytes, we got oligodendrocytes. And an extension of oligodendrocytes are some of the NG2 glial, basically, stem cells. So those are are the stem cells. The glial cells are 85% of the nervous system tissue. So they're highly abundant. They support and maintain the surroundings and the communication with and the safety of your nervous tissue. When they go awry, there's damage. Again, microglial cells, astrocytes, and oligodendrocytes. My favorite one is microglia. They're just so interesting. All right, guys, so that was the simple, concise message of glial cells. And just remember, glial cells are precious. We need to do whatever we can to keep them in balance. So wear a helmet. eat good food, good nutrition, be mindful of infectious ways to, of acquiring infectious diseases, right? So that's very important. All right. So I hope that this provides you guys with some really cool scientific insight and some philosophical thinking and check out Dr. Fields' other brain book and uh, stay tuned. I got some really exciting stuff coming up. I'm looking forward to bringing people to talk more about some of the conditions that affect microglial cells, such as Parkinson's disease and autism spectrum disorder and bipolar. Like, exciting! All right, guys, take care and be safe and love your brain. Stay tuned.